On this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, we're going to be discussing the upturn in Nicolas Pepe's form and we're going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's press conference ahead of our trip to Aston Villa. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing uh, Nicolas Pepe's recent upturn in form, as well as reacting to Mikel Arteta's press conference ahead of Arsenal's trip uh, to Aston Villa this weekend. So lots to get our teeth into. As always, a big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat at the moment. And a big hello to those of you who will be watching this back or listening to this back a little bit later on. A little bit pushed for time today just because of work commitments, but we'll be back later on tonight uh, with the Social Club. The Social Club returns. We'll be looking back at the game between Spurs and Chelsea. I'll be joined by Simon Alavi and Dan DeLuca. We'll also uh, be discussing... Uh, what else has gone on in the Premier League over the last few days. So it's always a good bit of fun, always a good bit of discussion. So I look forward to bringing you guys that tonight. So come and join us for that. Uh, if uh, if you And if you haven't got it in your diaries, get it in there. Turn the notifications on and that way you won't miss it. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the like button too. Let's begin by talking about Nicolas Pepe because Mikel Arteta has been discussing the Ivorians' recent form uh, in in the press conference ahead of the game against Aston Villa. And I just want to pick up uh, those comments because he was asked about what's been the key to, to Nicolas Pepe's form. And this is what Mikel said. He said, even when we made decisions not to play him, he kept working hard. He has improved in a lot of areas and has been much more consistent for 90 minutes. He's a threat at the moment because he's been scoring goals. He's been assisting players. He's been a real threat, but he needs to continue doing that. So Mikel Arteta highlighting exactly what it is about Nicolas Pepe's performances of late that have really impressed him and why he has decided to give him more opportunities. He's decided to stick with him. And based on Nicolas Pepe's form, you have to say that Mikel has made the right decision. You know, there was a lot made of the transfer fee uh, that, that Arsenal paid to bring Nicolas Pepe to the club, I think, based on what we've seen of him so far, we can all agree that £72 million was was excessive. It was over the top. But there's no point in in constantly going on about that. There's no point in holding on to that because at the end of the day, yeah, we probably overpaid for the player. But at the end of the day, he is an Arsenal player now. He's not going anywhere. There's been a significant investment made in him. And so, you know, Arsenal need to give him... Um, the best opportunity to try and prove that at least if not, he's well, we know he's not going to be worth 72 million, but he's got to prove um, that Arsenal didn't make a complete error in bringing him in. And I think in the last couple of games, last three games, I would say um, the game against Wolves, the game against Southampton in the Premier League and the game against Manchester United in the Premier League, I would say he's gone a long way improving a lot of people wrong. You know, he's shown that he can be a threat, um, not just on the counter-attack, but sort of 
when trying to break teams down as well. His pace is is unbelievable. Um, his trickery is there for all to see. The stepovers, the ability to just glide past people. And what we've seen added to Nicolas Pepe's game, I think, over the last few weeks is a, a bit more tenacity, a bit more fight, a bit more determination. And you saw it uh, for his goal at Wolves. You know, the way he dispossessed the Wolves player um, and the way that he took on the two defenders. You know, yes, there was there was some skill involved, but there was a determination as well. There was a real desire for Nicolas Pepe to work his way into a position from which he could score. And he did that and he took he took the goal excellently. So for me, Nicolas Pepe uh, has been really impressive of late and I'm I'm delighted to see him. Um, as I say, not necessarily proving that he's worth £72 million, but certainly proving that Arsenal have got a player there. What else has, has contributed to the upturn in Nicolas Pepe's form? I would say the emergence of Bukayo Saka as a right winger. I, I really would. I think that that has given Nicolas Pepe a bit of a kick up the arse. Um, you know, previously he had Willian ahead of him. And I think we could all agree that Willian wasn't doing enough to to warrant being selected, uh, you know, over the Ivorian. But Mikel Arteta saw it differently. Mikel Arteta wanted Willian to play games, thought he could bring something to the team that, uh, maybe Nicolas Pepe couldn't. Willian has since been kind of pushed to the wayside and rightly so. If anything, it came a little bit too late. Um, but Nicolas Pepe is 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 playing some of the, he's playing the best football he's played in his Arsenal career, I would say. And I actually prefer to see Nicolas Pepe from the left-hand side. Don't get me wrong. I thought he played well against Manchester United when he was asked to play on the right wing. And he was obviously cutting inside the way he does, um, the way that it, that's become a little bit of a trademark for him. But I love the fact that he's also been effective on the left wing. And I know the circumstances have been a little bit different. Playing on the left wing, he's had a, a full back behind him playing on his wrong side and, and always looking to cut in field. So, um, you know, maybe that's why we've seen him flourish uh, on the left-hand side with the ability to go outside of people um, with that not being something that the fullbacks bring into the table. Perhaps what, that's why it's looked more effective. That's why he's looked better there. Um, it's, a re- it's a really important thing to consider, I think. But I, I just think that the whole emergence of Bukayo Saka and, and the level at which Bukayo Saka has been performing as as given Nicolas Pepe a bit of a kick up the backside. I really do. And I think the work rate with which Saka plays um, and some of the other players in this team at the moment uh, has been pointed to by Mikel Arteta as an, as an example. And those players have set the bar. And finally, I think we're starting to see Nicolas Pepe get it, understand it um, and really know what it is to play for Arsenal and, and how much he's got to fight under this manager uh, to be given the opportunities that he wants. So, yeah, he, he's going in the right direction. I'm absolutely delighted with what we've seen of, of him of late. Um, I think in particular when uh, Kieran Tierney's not available and we are playing with a right-footed left-back, I think there is a huge benefit to him playing on the left-hand side. And aside from that, Bakayo Saka's made the right wing his own and Bakayo Saka has been improved from that side. Pepe's been improved from the left. So why would you want to disrupt that balance um, why would you want to, uh, you know, change that? It's working so, so well at the moment. Everybody looks full of confidence. I know the result the other night wasn't ideal. Um, I think we can all agree that 
Arsenal were victims to circumstance the other night rather than Arsenal not playing well enough. You know, in that first 45 minutes was as good as I've seen Arsenal play under Mikel Arteta. So, you know, obviously the sending off had an impact and then the second sending off really killed any chance we had of, of finding a way back into the game. Um, so, you you know, let's not... Let's not go overboard about the other night. It was a freak night. How often are Arsenal going to get two players sent off in the same game? Um, so, yeah, forget about the other night. You know, just take the positives. And one of the positives was a really, really good performance from Nicolas Pepe, I thought. So, yeah, delighted with the progress we're seeing from him. Uh, big hello to everybody in the live chat at the moment. Hope you're all well. To Steve, to Mans, to Tom, to Graham, to Yassir, to Jasha, to Kai, to Gino. Uh, to Rahil, to Talal, Lars, uh, Sonny uh, as well, uh, Luke Howard too. Thank you all so much uh, for your support. Um, Thomas, full of praise for, for Nicolas Pepe. Thomas is one of our members and he says, hey, Harry, let's go, Pepe. Three goals in four matches and assists. Smash that like button, people. Doesn't cost a coin. <laughs> the loss to Wolves is still painful. Um, yeah, as Thomas says, make sure you hit the like button if you haven't already. And he's absolutely right. You know, the the, the loss to Wolves was painful. Um, and I've, I'm still not fully over it, but I'm trying very hard to put it to one side and focus on the good that we saw from Arsenal on that night because there was plenty of it um, in that first 45 minutes. Plenty to take encourage from and plenty to suggest that we continue moving in the right direction despite that result. Let's have a look at some of what Mikel Arteta had to say in his press conference uh, today. We'll pick out some of the key points. Um, we're not going to dwell on, on the Wolves' defeat, as I've said. Um, he was asked about Aston Villa's defeat to West Ham. And of course, he said he's not here to judge their performances, which is right. Um, lots of questions about Bukayo Saka and his impact on his return. And Mikel Arteta was very quick to, um, you know, to point to the fact that it's the, it's the collective it's the team, it's the group that are performing very well at the moment. Uh, he was also asked about the appeal on David Luiz's red card. Uh, he confirmed that the appeal had been made. He said, I'm very hopeful. That's why we put the appeal in, because we went through all the images and we think that the red card should be overruled. That is why we put in the appeal. On when the outcome will be revealed, he said, I don't know how long it will take, but hopefully today we will have more information. That's the latest uh, news from the club, he says. Now, I spoke about it yesterday. Um, on one of our streams, I talked about the fact that um, I'd love to see the red card overturned. I'm just a little bit worried that the Premier League uh, will see it as dangerous to overturn that red card because what they'll say is by the letter of the law, um, as Keith Hackett pointed out in our show yesterday, they'll actually say that, that the referee didn't do anything wrong. And so if they rescind the red card, without adjusting or tweaking the guidance around that particular law, then there could be, it could be seen as setting a bit of a dangerous precedent. You know, you could end up with clubs appealing red cards every week because they're trying to find loopholes and grey areas in the game's laws. I think we can all agree that it was harsh for him to be sent off. Nobody wants to see anybody sent off uh, for, a, for a challenge or a non-challenge like that. But referees are going to hide behind that law. So unless that changes as well or is tweaked, I'm not sure that they're going to overturn the decision, uh, which is obviously going to be disappointing. Fortunately, it's only a one-game ban. It's a one-game ban for Bern Leno as well. Lots of you have been asking me about that. Uh, none of them were sent off for violent conduct. So that's why they're not uh, three-game bans. 
Um, so yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, he was also asked about Matt Ryan's fitness, of course, with Leno missing for the game against Aston Villa uh, at the weekend. There's quite a bit of concern around who's going to play in goal. And I think we can all agree that Runar Runarsson hasn't necessarily filled the fan base with confidence just yet. I know Aston Villa uh, lost last night, but of course, they still have plenty of attacking talent. Jack Grealish, um, Ollie Watkins, Ross Barkley's been chipping in as well. They've got some really talented players, Aston Villa. They've been really exciting and enjoyable to watch this season. So in an ideal world, particularly when you're going to play against our former goalkeeper in Emi Martinez, um, you want Arsenal to go there with a competent replacement for Bern Leno. Matt Ryan, in, in many people's eyes, is is a a better replacement than Runar Runarsson, mine too. But you've also got to bear in mind as well that Matt Ryan hasn't played football for a while. Um, let me just double check this because I was looking at it yesterday. Um, so I just want to double confirm it. But we know obviously Matthew Ryan and Brighton haven't hadn't been seeing eye to eye um, over his future. And Matt Ryan uh, was, well, the last game Matt Ryan actually played as Brighton's goalkeeper was on the 13th of December. That's the last time he played a competitive match. After that, um, he wasn't involved. He was on the bench once, uh, sorry, he was on the bench for Arsenal once in that period of time. And that's it. So Matt Ryan's last game, uh, last competitive game for Brighton and Hove Albion was a 3-0 defeat at Leicester on the 13th of December. So Matt Ryan, um, hasn't played an awful lot of football either. Uh, and that's something to take into consideration. But Mikel said he's not been available to train yet and Alex is available. So we'll have the choice between the two of them for the weekend. If Matt is able to train and they are both fit, we will have a decision to make. But if Matt is not fit, obviously Alex will be in goal. So we don't know 100% uh, whether Runarsson um, is going to uh, sorry, whether Renarsen is going to play. We don't know 100% whether Matt Ryan is going to play. We're not sure at this point in time. Mikel Arteta keeping his options open and he's going to obviously make a judgment a little bit closer to the time. So let's see. Um, let's see on that one. I, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it at the moment because we don't know. And, you know, yes, Renarsen has had some some hairy moments. and and But for me, the the biggest worry about Renarsson, and I know he let one go through his hands against Man City and, and a lot's been made of that. The biggest worry for me is our insistence on playing out from the back. I don't think he looks comfortable doing that. And that's strange because when he was signed, that was quoted as as one of his strengths. I've just not seen that in Renarsson. So that would be my biggest concern about him. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's touch and go on Matt Ryan and we're going to have to wait and see uh, what happens. Obviously tomorrow's another day and the game doesn't take place until uh, Saturday noon. So we'll have to see uh, on uh, which route uh, and which decision uh, Mikel Arteta takes in the, on the goalkeeping front. In terms of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, he said that he's available. Mentioned that he played a few minutes after 10 days of not doing a great deal. Um, and hopefully he can get a little bit closer up to speed in the next few days and, and contribute at the weekend. I, I didn't think Aubameyang looked sharp at all. Um, I, you know, it's, um, 
I, I'm a bit worried about Aubameyang right now, and I'm not worried about him in the longer term. You know, I've said it time and time again, even when he was misfiring, not scoring goals, and people were very quick to have a go at him and, and you know, point the finger at Aubameyang and, and think of all these fabricated reasons as to why he wasn't playing well, when in actual fact, the guy was probably sick to death with worry about his mother. Um, that's the reality of it. And, and as football fans, that just... I think the whole situation just teaches us a lesson, doesn't it? It just tells us that we shouldn't be uh, jumping to conclusions about players' personal lives when we don't know any better. You know, it was it was speculation. It was all nonsense. We heard things like he'd uh, he'd um, he'd he'd had an affair. He'd been caught cheating by his missus, and he was going for a divorce, and that was it. And then we heard other things like he was unhappy with Mikel Arteta. So much nonsense doing the rounds on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, you know, obviously, we're not delighted that uh, the, the the health of his mother, um, you know, is not great. But obviously, uh, it, it's good to know that there's nothing going on behind the scenes with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang football-wise anyway. And I trust that he will get back to fitness, get back to sharpness. I think he will... Um, need a couple of games to, to get there, maybe another week or so of training as well, having essentially, as Mikel Arteta alluded to, not done a great deal in the last uh, in the last 10 days. So we're going to have to wait and see. But we know Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is always a goal threat. Uh, he's the captain, the leader of this team. You could see the love for him uh, shown by the other players when he was going through what he was going through. Uh, so yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we get to see the best of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang again sooner rather than later. Um, he was asked, Mikel Arteta was asked on whether that first 46 minutes against Wolves was our best football this season. And he said, maybe, yes. I think for pe for long periods, we looked very close to what we want to be as a team, but we have to turn that into results. When you have these moments in the game, you have to go three or four nil up and the game's over. Completely agreed. Um, more questions around David Luiz and, you know, there seems to be this this rhetoric among some Arsenal fans where they just want to point the finger at David Luiz. They haven't been a fan of him historically, haven't been a fan of him in the past. And I feel like they're just looking for ways to have a go at the guy. I think we can all agree that David Luiz did not make a challenge against the defender, uh, against the attacker, against Willian Jose. There was no challenge there. There was a slight coming together that the player has, has made an absolute meal out of one, his team a penalty. But at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, the only thing David Lewis, in my opinion, was guilty of the other day was, was getting caught out of position there initially. And that was it. That was it. Um, so let's not be harsh on David Luiz. Let's not keep going around and, and talking about whether he's a problem, whether he is an issue. Um, he's not, you know, he's been really good of late. He's been one of our standout players of late. I think we can, we can be fair and say that. So let's, um, let's take a chill pill when it comes to David Luiz. Um, Mikel was asked whether it would be strange to ask Renarsson to start at the weekend, given he's just been 
removed from the Europa League squad. And Mikel said, no, Alex knew his role before we signed him. And obviously he knows his role after we signed him. We had a plan on the goalkeeping position and we could not execute the plan in the way we wanted for different reasons. But Alex's role was very clear around the squad. That hasn't changed. Then he needs to earn his opportunity and he needs to earn his place. He is third, second or first, depending on his performance. He needs to push for that. So again, Mikel Arteta uh, hinting strongly that Arsenal were in the market for a second choice goalkeeper in the summer and just couldn't get it done. Uh, Alex Runarsson came in with a view to being a third choice um, and remains the third choice, it seems, um, judging by by what Arsenal have done with their Europa League squad. So no surprises there. Mikel's kind of alluded to that in the past. He's hinted that in the past uh, that Arsenal were looking to do further business in the goalkeeping department and just couldn't get it done. Uh, let's pick out a couple more bits from the press conference and then I'll come over to some of your live comments uh, before we go. Um, let's see what we got. Lots of questions about Renarsson, actually. Um, you know, questions about whether he's experienced the culture shock, whether people have been too critical of him. And Mikel Arteta has said, yes, people have been too critical, but also kind of made the point um that, that that's what comes with the territory. That's what comes uh, with being part of a big club. Just finally, the last bit from the press conference I'll, I'll quickly jump into is the um, is uh, the comments on Kieran Tierney. He was asked whether he has to manage Tierney carefully. And he said, no, it's a different injury in this case. Kieran is a player that really pushes himself and he has to be able to perform physically at his best because he cannot help himself. Even in training, he can't help himself. We are trying to manage him in the best possible way and find every possibility to give him the best chance to be fit as soon as possible. And we are here to support him as much as we can. Um, on whether Mikel was, is concerned that he'll be playing games for Scotland soon, he said, no, what I want is that he's fit to play for us as soon as possible. Then if he's fit and ready to represent his country, there we go. It's one of his dreams and he needs to fulfil that. But what I want is him to play for Arsenal. Of course, Mikel Arteta showing uh, that the priority uh, when it comes uh, to uh, to uh, Kieran Tierney is that he gets fit uh, and firing for Arsenal sooner rather than later. That's what Mikel cares about. Let's go into the live comments. We've got around about eight minutes left, so I'll pick up a couple of your um, pick up a couple of your your, your comments. Uh, Kai Hin asks, going back to that red card, do you think the appeal of Southampton is going to help? They had a similar foul and a, a red card shown to their player. Yeah, completely agree. And, you know, if you haven't checked out yesterday's show with Keith Hackett, please do, because he gives some fascinating insight into the kind of um, world of refereeing, how it all works. Of course, Keith was the head of the PGMOL um Previously, you know, he, he's done the job that Mike Riley is doing right now. Uh, he's done it a lot better than Mike Riley as well. I think we can all bloody agree with that. Mike Riley's had a... It, Mike Riley was a crap referee and he's a crap leader of referees. So what do you expect? And as Keith Hackett said, he's just making lots of Mike Riley clones. I love that. That was my favourite line of the whole podcast. But yeah, the, 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 the Southampton appeal combined with the Arsenal appeal will hopefully lead to, obviously, look, Southampton were 8-0 were down or whatever they were at the time. 
six five whatever it was they they lost they they got battered they got battered nine nil didn't make a difference to the outcome of that game did make a difference to the outcome of ours and unfortunately we can't get those points back but what we can do is hopefully um put the pressure on the authorities to review that gray area and provide clear guidance on it because the the, the guidance on it and the the current law is just stupid because what you're essentially saying is that had David Lewis actually hacked down the player and disguised it as an attempt, a genuine attempt to win the ball, he'd have stayed on the pitch, which when you think about it is nuts. It's nuts. The fact that he's not made a challenge has actually seen him punished more severely. And as Keith said yesterday, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And hopefully that'll be reviewed because we've got to stop ruining football matches by sending players off. Um, for for things like that and so fingers crossed Kai that that um the, the combination of the two clubs going to the, the the powers that be and making those appeals will will lead to a bit of a review and you know what I think with the whole introduction of VAR we're going through a little bit of a, a transitional period whereby we're, we're starting to realize and starting to see and identify that some of the current laws of the game are not necessarily fit for purpose with with what we're doing right now with how things are are working right now and there there, there was going to be a period where some of these laws were going to come to the forefront as as not being right and people were going to have to act on them and change them they made a change with that offside thing they've changed the directive on handballs midway through this season as well so I'm hopeful that um, they'll understand that there's massive damage being done to the Premier League as a product off the back of some of these results and they'll um, look to move to protect the product protect the asset and um yeah, and, and and make things right. What else have we got here? Um, big shout out to Akshay, one of our members. He says, this man has been talking for hours every day. Let's give him more likes. Big up, Harry. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate that. Uh, going back to some of the Aubameyang stuff, Sonny, big hello to Sonny. He says, I don't think Oba fits our system and never has. Credit to him. His numbers are better than his performances and effort. As long as he's scoring goals, Sonny, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, let him... Staying, if he's scoring goals, then I'm happy to have him in the team because he's proven throughout his Arsenal career he's a massive, massive goal threat. Um, a couple of you giving David Luiz a bit of stick. Uh, Thomas says David is too slow. Um, Sonny also says that David Luiz is an issue. So is Holding and Xhaka. They're not going to get us to the level we want to be at. I, I think I think they've been fine of late, man. I think it's been a little bit harsh. Um, a big hello to Aeson as well. He says, see, told you I only catch you when driving. Hope you're well, mate. Thank you uh, for tuning in. And uh, what else? Let's pick up just a couple more. Um, let's uh, pick out a couple more. Uh, Adam says, trust me, Wolves knew they were getting dominated and they were desperate. The player made the most of the minimal contact. Yeah, we, we can all agree on that. Uh, some of you kind of suggesting that David Lewis's character is, is is what got him sent off. And I agree with you in the sense of, I think, previous reputation um, has worked against David Lewis in that situation. But as we were discussing on the show yesterday, and I don't want to keep going over the same thing, and, and I urge you to go back and, and have a look at it, but it just feels like had Craig Pawson gone over and looked at the monitor, the, the outcome might have been, it, there's no guarantee it would have been, but the outcome might have been very different. And it's just frustrating, isn't it? As someone who really wanted VAR because I felt that the standard of refereeing had got so bad to now be in a place where we've got it 
and referees are not being encouraged to go over and take a look is just so, so frustrating. I don't want someone at Stockley Park who doesn't understand the, the context of the game, who isn't there in the heat at the moment making the decisions. I want the person at Stockley Park to provide the, the referee on the pitch with the with the views, with the angles, with the footage that he needs to make the right call or as close to the right call um, as he possibly can. Football is, a, is, is one of those sports. The nature of it means... Um, the nature of it means that there will always be decisions that we don't all agree on. Um, and, and that's just the way the game is. So there will be some controversy still, but I think there'll be less controversy if the referee goes over, has a look, and then has to explain that decision. Maybe when he explains it and we can hear the conversation and we can understand what it is that's led to, led him to whichever conclusion, as football fans will be a little bit more open to to, you know, accepting it, I think anyway. Um, Jashar, just finally on David Luiz, says he works best in a back three. But as we're moving away from that, I think his time with us is coming to an end. Like, I, don't, I don't think David Luiz is there for the long term. I think we can all agree on that. But I think he's done a, a solid job of late. And I, especially against Man United, I thought he was really, really good that day. And I don't think we should discount those performances just because of what happened uh, the other day. Because for me, it was it was very harsh. Uh, just finally, I'll pick up on this one from Martin on um, on uh, Martinez's performance yesterday. Hope he plays like that against us. Yeah, Martinez wasn't great for uh, for Aston Villa in that game, was he? He was he was terrible. Um, really made a bad error as well for that third goal. Uh, was it the third goal? I think it was the third goal. Um, either the third or the second, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it wasn't good goalkeeping from Martinez. But he, he's had a couple of games like that this season. Um, not always been watertight, but for the most part, he's, he's been good and, and he deserves uh, credit and praise for going out there, backing himself to go and become a regular in the Premier League. And he's playing for one of the most exciting sides in the division right now. There's no doubt about that. Right, that brings me to the end of this live stream. Um, apologies, this is a little bit shorter than normal, but work is is killing me today. Um, but we'll be back um, tonight, 10pm for the social club. So come and join myself, Simon Alavi and Dan DeLuca. We'll be looking back at some of the big stories from the Premier League over the last couple of nights. Um, always decent debate, always a good laugh. And we look forward to you guys' input in the comments. So come join me for that later. And until then, ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.